To the podcast. I'm Corey. And I'm Brian. And this is the Happy Harvest Horror Show, where we get together and talk about our favorite spooky things. And we've had the spookiest thing of all to talk about today. I this this is this is this is upsetting. This one. This is <laughs> get to the heart of it, right? Literally every time I've brought up this topic with enthusiasm and a, a uh, twinkle in my eye, Brian has just been like. Yeah, okay. Like, like this will be great. It's hard to talk about. It's awful, you know? <laughs> it is no, we awful. Got a lot. There's, there's actually quite a bit to talk about with this there one. This is, is. fun. It's Not so fun, interesting. Unquote, unquote, fun history of it, but. <laughs> yeah, but. it's super interesting. There's some really good history, some really good stories. And I also think it just gets to the to the depths of a very a very real fear that a lot of us deal with. And uh, yeah, there's just, there's something very interesting about the way this topic kind of uh, straddles the line of life and death. <laughs> and it is the liminal space, right? When you are is. buried alive, it is. It is. It is. And I think I think this is going to be a fascinating conversation. I'm very excited. I'm excited that that we finally got around to doing this episode. But before we get into it all, Brian, how spooky was your week? It's pretty spooky. Uh, well, yeah, it was, I mean, it's always kind of spooky, you know, when when you're dealing dealing with, with me. But that it got all caught up with what we do in the shadows. So now I'm I'm current. Wonderful show. God, it, keep, it keeps on giving. I stand by that this, I think this third season um, wasn't as funny as the previous two seasons. I mean, how can you top Jack, Jackie Daytona? That's like ever. It's going to be one of my favorite episodes of television until I die. Terrible. <laughs> so good. But there, were, there were a lot of highlights and I, I do appreciate it. I thought this season, it got pretty zany and nuts. And there was some fun callbacks and like as a, as a whole arc, it's actually really fun. Um, so I'm excited it's renewed again. We'll get more. That'll be all be good. What else? I got shout out supporter of the show and my mother. She sent me <laughs> and creator of Brian will do <laughs> and creator the OG. Uh, she, she sent me a care package from Vala's pumpkin patch. <gasps> Shut up. <laughs> oh, it's full. Let me hold on. I got to show you. Oh, wow. I'm so jealous. Oh, we got, we got some good stuff. We got a full, a hat with the Vala's logo, a little beanie. Oh my God. I'm obsessed with that hat. Right. We got a handful, like, and I'm a generous handful of honey sticks. I like, oh my God. We've got (laughs) uh, your apple cinnamon pancake mix. We got your apple cider mix. We got your apple preserves jam. Out of control. You know, we're, we're in this post- Halloween time, you know, but it's still harvest time. And so it's, it's nice to have more harvest stuff to enjoy. Um, so thank you on the air. Thank you, mother, for this gift. Um, I am so jealous of that hat. I feel like, <laughs> oh yeah, like 
in my soul, I need, I need that hat very badly. <laughs> very cozy. How about I wear it for the rest of the episode? You should, you should. It's got the little, it's oh, the it's little perfect. Guy, little guy on him. See there? Shut up. It's perfect. Anyway, I'm obsessed you, with that. For hat. all our audio listeners, it's just a red beanie hat, but it's got a little like a leather patch on it. That it's like a it. harvest red though. Like it's like a, it's like a harvest red. It's yeah. Like Apple color. Yeah, it's good stuff. So anyway, yeah, we're, this is our first, we took a little, little break to, to, to kind of, I got settled into a new place. You are now, you've really relocated too. that, you know, and we just kind of need a break. We are a Halloween podcast and, and we went, uh, uh, we were in upheaval during our Halloween time. So, but we're back, we're back <laughs> we with were. a new episode. We were, it was, it was a crazy October. Like, I don't even know what happened. I don't even know where it went. Yeah, I guess, uh, Corey, Hello. How spooky was your birthday week? Because your birthday was two days ago. My birthday was two days ago. How spooky? How spooky has it been? I would say, as I said, I think I've kind of been in a little bit of like a post Halloween depressive slump a little yeah. bit. It's just been kind of like a bummer of, of a couple of weeks uh, yeah. coming out oh, of it, yeah. though coming out of it um right before halloween i stayed at a really cool historic hotel in uh, colorado and it's i mean it's textbook it's got like the creepy old photos very like very the shining you know the the photos from the early 1900s of like everyone at a fancy party and it's like in black and white um and there was a lot spooky about this hotel. And even like one of the girls who worked there was like telling us all these stories. Like it is a pretty notoriously haunted hotel. Um, mm-hmm. And there it's got like a lot of stories attached to it. But like in addition to all the, you know, kind of spooky historic stuff, uh, there was also an entire hallway where they chose to document uh, images of when the hotel was on fire in the 80s. So it's what you need. That that should be, I made this joke already, but I'm gonna make it again. Right next to the OSHA, you know, warnings like it's at uh, this is it should come with each establishment. This is what the building would look like on fire. Just um, letting you know, in case you were wondering, <laughs> um, here are here's a an, an entire hallway full of images of this very building up in flames. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I never thought about it to now, but I am genuinely, genuinely curious, like what, when mo- most buildings would look like. Yeah. Right. Well, I know what that one looks like. Um, and, that's, and that's a gift. That's what I'm and, saying. Like that's Yeah. <laughs> and then we had, like, we were staying in a suite, which was really nice. And we had um, a fireplace in our room, um, like right mm. by the bed, which was like cozy as hell, like the coziest thing you can imagine. But also I had this like fear we were going to start the hotel on fire. <laughs> I was like, we're going to do it. Like, it's going to be our fault. Um, <laughs> they but just yes. have to put up another photo. Yeah. Right. So I did some, uh, some cozy hotel ghost hunting, which was fun. Wandered this hotel and also just had really bomb meal and you know it was it was a really it was a really nice time really lovely little town very cute very witchy um manitou colorado is where i was um outside colorado springs um really loved it really loved it there i'd like to go back it's an adorable place and it was a really cool place to be like 
Halloween weekend. So yeah, so that was like my big recent thing. And then I also, I guess the spookiest thing content wise I've taken in, I watched you season three. Oh, yes. Which I really, really enjoyed the third season. It's a very complicated show. And a lot of people have a lot of complicated feelings about it for good reason. Um, It deals with some pretty fucked up shit. <laughs> um, uh, but I, I I really liked the direction they went with season three. And I know, Brian, you said you haven't watched it before. Just from like a like slasher perspective, there are yeah. some pretty intense kills in this show. And yeah. Yeah, you know, you're uh, speaking my language. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch it. I, I mentioned that I I haven't yet, but just because I felt heard the first season was more it was like a stalker drama. And I'm like, Ugh. I, I mean, it know. is it is that it is there is definitely uh, that's a that's a big part of it. Yeah, I mean, obviously the main character is you know I mean he's a psychopath and he's mm-hmm. he's very uh, fucked up, but also the show kind of does a very interesting job of diving deep into his psyche and presenting it in a way that is complex. Yeah. And I, I, it, it kind of takes on, in my opinion, a new life in the third season. In a lot of ways, it goes a very different direction that I think added this new dimension to the show. I really, I really liked the third season would be curious. What our listeners who have seen you think, um, yeah. because like I said, it's just, it's a complex show and it's also like, you know, there's plenty to be critical of, but there's also, I think, I, I do think that there, um, it's really well done. It's a, it's a well-crafted show and I would like to hear people's thoughts on it. So you can always hit us up at happy harvest horror show. If you want to uh, get your input in, we'd love to read it. Also, uh, we we haven't mentioned we had a quite a spike in listenership over Halloween weekend. Woo, Pepsi. Did we have a spike? <laughs> yeah. Woo boy. <laughs> boy. Yeah. Uh, huge, huge welcome. And thank you to everyone that tuned in over the Halloween time. Um, you know, we're a Halloween podcast. And so we love that you guys coming around Halloween time. But yeah, that was a We had a big spike in our numbers. And we also... There's a particular like spike with uh, with the the Pocus Pocus episode. Um, so thank you all for enjoying that. And we heard a few from a few listeners that sent in some voice memos uh, addressing a couple different things. We said on the episode, "Hey, are you uh, are your kids watching Hocus Pocus, or did you just grow up with it?" We heard some people affirming that yes, our kids are watching Hocus Pocus. So that's awesome. You know, love to hear it. Love we to love hear to hear it. it. We also got a correction. <laughs> we posed the question in the Hocus of Hocus episode saying, Hey, why does Bette Bidler turn to stone? Whereas uh, the other two just explode in the air. And that's because we were told she stands on hollowed ground, which she can't do as a witch. So she turned to stone. So I never thought about that. So thank you. Thank you everyone for, for writing in. Thank you all for supporting it. Wow. It's awesome. Love all this support. Love the year-round of support, uh, especially from our coven of supporters. Uh, we now have 18 of them. Corey. 18? 18 What's of up? them. Let me tell you who they are real quick, okay? We got Jenny, Julia, Alessia, Nina, Kelsey, Connor, Erica, Jody, Wendy, Morgan, Sarah, Michelle, Mackie, Jennifer, Sarah, Aaron, and Holly. Boom. Woo! Thank you all. Thank you all so very much. I uh, really appreciate all your support. And if you'd like to join the Spooky Coven you can do so at anchor.fm slash HHHS slash support. 
And doing so at any level gets you into book club. Yeah, there it is. Uh, Happy Harvest Worship Book Club, which is also super fun. Actually, I tuned in to our last book club meeting from that haunted hotel I was at. So that was very fun. Um, It's just a really cool way we all get to, you know, we read a book and then we meet at the end of the month. We have an awesome crew of people that have have been uh, a part of the book club for a few months now. And it's just it's just fun. It's just a fun very relaxed conversation. We get to talk about spooky books. Um, you know, it also is kind of, it keeps, it keeps your, your reading habits up. So it gives you kind of a goal, which is the old noggin sharp, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So, and you can be a part of the book club by supporting us at any level. So just become a supporter anchor.fm slash HHHS slash support, and then send us an email and say, Hey, I would like to be a part of the book club. And then you will get an email with the, uh, the zoom links for our book club meetings. What, what are we reading this month, Brian? This month we are reading white is for witching by Helen Oyeyemi, uh, which was a recommendation from one of our book club members. So yeah, it's, it's been fun. It's been great having this group to meet every month. And we, I think we've become friends and we get to check in and have like a spooky sort of uh, destination to work up to every month. It's fun. It's great. You know, we've been we got five books in already, right? We're five, right? November, August, July. <laughs> something something like that. <laughs> anyway, it's great. Um, so anyway, thank you all for supporting. Thank you. If you have any uh, recommendations for future topics, you can email us at happyharvesthorrorshow at gmail.com. Ooh, that was spooky. My radiator just went. Tss. Ooh, very spooky. Yeah. So check it out. Thank you, everyone, for supporting. Welcome, new listeners. We're so glad you're here. We're glad you found us. And um, yeah, if you're enjoying the show, consider writing an iTunes review, you know, share us with your friends, share us on the Instagram. All that stuff really helps to get the word out. We're going to be here all year. um, So whenever you need a little dose of Halloween spookiness, you know, we'll we'll be here. Or just holiday Um, spookiness. We got Christmas coming up. We got a lot of Christmas spookiness. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We did a lot of Christmas episodes last year. I feel like we did like three or four Christmas episodes. Spookiest. I mean, if if there wasn't already the spookiest time of the year, it would be a close (laughs) second. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, winter, winter is spooky. Like winter is literally this, like the season of death. Everything's dead. Like, yeah. (laughs) Everything's dead. uh, yeah, Yeah. It's a, it's a cold spooky time. All right, let's take a quick break um, and then we'll come back and we're going to talk about uh, just just something to really, really uh, get at your 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 visceral anxieties. (laughs) Something that really, really digs deep. Oh, that was kind of a that was kind of a a pun. (laughs) And we'll be back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to Happy Harvest Horror Show. Where we talk about just the, the nicest things. And this week... <laughs> <laughs> we just talk about, about the nice nice things um, <laughs> like some deep existential fears like being buried alive great let's let's start with you <laughs> you've got some stuff to talk about here <laughs> i do i have been stoked about this topic for a long time um i think i i think i brought this one up when we were just starting the podcast and we were just like doing lists of like topics, I was like buried alive. <laughs> I've stalled for a year. And now <laughs> if you're new here, I really like talking about death. Um, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of just, just death going. Positive, yeah. yeah. I'm very death positive. Just going, going deep into it. Um, you know, if that is uncomfortable for you, I don't blame you. Maybe this isn't the episode for you because this is like a pretty intense topic. But yes, I am excited. I am excited to talk about it. Being buried alive, also known as premature burial or vivisepulture, I think. Also, the fear of premature burial has a name. It is a, a labeled phobia known as tapophobia. So if you have some kind of deep fear of being buried alive, that's what it's called. Premature burials have happened various times throughout history. They happened mm-hmm. early on in history and they have actually happened in recent modern history. But <laughs> Brian didn't like hearing that. <laughs> right, you take it from here. I'm going to I'm going to clock out here. But there was a large preoccupation with premature burial during the 19th century, which isn't that surprising because like we've talked about this before. The 19th century was just like a spooky time. They were a spooky people. All ghosts are 19th century ghosts. Like all (laughs) All our ghosts come from them. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a spooky time. And there was a a preoccupation with premature burial um, for a lot of reasons. It kind of peaked during the cholera epidemics, right? And and in general, a, a big reason why the 19th century was such a spooky time is because death was ever present. It was something people were facing very regularly for a lot of reasons. So that is why a lot of topics um, that, you know, we talk about on the show and just like a lot of like really dark topics, like there was often a preoccupation in the 19th century um, because, yeah, spooky time. Also, Edgar Allan Poe wrote about it a lot. That dude was real scared of being buried alive. (laughs) He wrote (laughs) multiple stories. I mean, we got the ones just called the premature burial. I mean, that's it. There we go. Just just straight forward. (laughs) But like peripherally, he's also got, you know, the black cat. He's got the the fall of House of Usher. Woman is buried alive in that one. Um, So I think, yeah, I mean, it's 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 pretty clear that he was dealing with some real anxiety uh, about that. Which uh, can you blame him? Like, yeah, 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 for sure. I'm actually I downloaded the premature burial. I haven't read it before, but I, I downloaded it because I'm gonna be uh on a on a road trip here in the next week so i'm gonna, just gonna listen break, to a nice some 
kid. Yeah, just poet? you know, spooky story about being buried alive. It's fine. No, <laughs> I'm I'm kind of on the same page though. I mean, doing the research a little bit for this and and reading about this, I'm like, man, I'm gonna read some Poe. This is they're always about that. <laughs> yeah, Which, really. uh, you know, it would tie it back to our last episode, Midnight Mass, and Mike Mike Flanagan. Uh, Mike Flanagan is doing a Fall of House of Usher series for next year on Netflix. And I think it's there. He's doing a similar approach with like Bly Manor with turn of the screw and other, or Henry, Henry dreams stories. And where they're, mm-hmm. they're not just pulling from that one story, but their other works. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway, that's my tangent. That's going to be great. Alive. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Um, okay. So let's kind of get into some of the history. I'm going to start with kind of more like ancient history, you know, like basically stuff of legend stuff that can't really be corroborated. Um, there is a biblical legend of Simon Magus, also known as Simon, the magician, um, a very interesting character just in general. Simon is discussed in a variety of different lights, most notably as a Christian, a Jew, a pagan, and the founder of a new religion, a magician, a sorcerer, a religious philosopher, and an arch heretic, a pseudo apostle, a pseudo messiah, and a pretended incarnation of God. And that is a the full father, I know, uh, right? <laughs> and the father of all heresies. So, um, <laughs> um, very interesting figure. Um, honestly, don't know much about him, and uh, until today, I was kind of reading, and I was like, you know, you. Uh, yeah, this is like a biblical character, but obviously, um, yeah, multi-dimensional figure. Um, well-rounded. <laughs> yeah, well-rounded for sure. But uh, there's a tale that in attempting to prove his magical skills to Emperor Nero, who reigned from 54 AD to 68 AD, Simon flew up in the air with the aid of a spell, which was broken by the hand of Peter, resulting in Simon falling to his death. So this is like one way that story is told. However, there are several other accounts um, and like translations that claim that Simon died by requesting to be buried alive to prove his magic by escaping the grave. And then when he wasn't able to escape, he suffocated. So he was like, trying to pull a resurrection basically trying to pull a david blaine yeah (laughs) right for real (laughs) that's that's hubris you know that's uh you know whether that actually happened or not who's to say but who can say (laughs) who knows um also according to a popular legend recorded um by two byzantine greek historians the fifth century Roman emperor Zeno was buried alive in Constantinople after becoming insensible from drinking or an illness. I, I read also maybe it was epilepsy for three days. Cries of have pity on me could be heard from within his sarcophagus in the church of the holy apostles. Uh, but apparently his wife and his subjects uh, hated the guy. The Empress Ariadne refused to open the tomb. She said, fuck it. (laughs) So, you know, uh, that's kind of a tale of, uh, I guess, a very 
bitter wife, but, um, <laughs> or just like, you know, make more friends in life, you know, yeah, like, right. Truly. You yeah, never like, know when you might be buried alive and that you really, really are going to lean on them. But, God, I, yeah, I really, I really hope that there is no one in this life that I have wronged so uh, intensely that they they would not help me if they heard me screaming from the grave. <laughs> oh, man. Take with you through every day. Just make yeah. sure. <laughs> Treat them as if you would hope they would save you from being buried alive. <laughs> Honestly, that's, you know, that's pretty bare minimum. That really the is golden that- rule. <laughs> A golden rule right there. Um, but also with this story about Zeno, um, very similar to the to the story of Simon, um, you know, we don't really know. Uh, it, it, it's possible that like, I guess earlier sources don't really mention it. And there was a lot of hostility to Zeno's memory. So it could just be that these historians were basically like, fuck this guy let's make this a juicy tale you know um (laughs) so who knows who knows if these people are buried alive maybe they were okay now getting into stories that um you know are more more corroborated that did actually happen and this is moving into the 19th century where this this became a, a big deal for people being buried alive um so there is there's a lot on this topic in the first episode of Lore on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Aaron Mankey and Lore. We love him. We love him. We love him. Big fan. And the first episode on uh, Amazon Prime, they made a tonic um, is super interesting. I love, I love this episode. I love the whole first season of that show, but I really love this episode. And it is largely about, um, kind of the intersection of the development of medical sciences and then also religious belief and kind of a lot of stuff that went down there. And a big chunk of the episode is dedicated to, the um, fear of being buried alive and stories of people actually being buried alive. And the episode opens with the story of Sarah Hart in 1836. So basically, this is just a tale of a woman who becomes very, very close with her niece, Mary. Mary moves in with her and and the two of them become very inseparable um, from the time Mary is quite young. And then they just they live together, you know, like Mary grows up there. They they never really separate. And Mary lives into adulthood. And then one morning, Mary collapses, uh, dies and is buried the next day because that was also a big thing. And I think it's important to note, especially it like in the 19th century or really any time when there were, uh, you know, plagues, essentially, it was it was important to bury people right away, basically, because you didn't want to spread disease. Um, And interestingly, still to this day, um, and it's something people don't talk about enough. That's really the only reason um, a body needs to be like buried or taken care of very quickly um, is if they have a, a very a disease that is very contagious, you know, um, that would, that, that is truly the only reason you need to like hurry to take care of a body. And even then, you know, you can kind of be safe about it. Um, but we kind of created this mentality that once a, a body is dead, that it is, there's, there's something 
wrong with it or scary or or bad about a decaying body. And really, as long as they didn't have some kind of like, you know, plague, it's fine. Like a a dead body is a very natural thing and it's not going to make you sick. It's not, you know, it's not, it doesn't need to be like rushed into burial or into embalming or anything like that. So that's, I mean, that's a whole nother, I, I, I could talk could a lot about a like whole episode on that. On yeah. The... <laughs> yeah. I could talk a lot about like the death industrial complex, but we'll like save that for a different time. I'm excited um, for that talk. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a reason to try and bury people quickly um, because it was a time of, of a lot of diseases, um, which I think is, is partially why that became such a common practice, like get them in the ground, you know, really fast. So anyways, Mary collapses, dies, and is buried the the next day. That evening, Sarah has a nightmare of Mary screaming and scratching at the inside of a coffin, which straight up horrifying dream to have, like just the worst. Um, Big bummer. Big bummer. And she's so concerned about this dream that she has, uh, she goes to the church and the church officials agree to dig her up. And when they open the coffin, Mary is indeed dead, but it is a horrific scene of bloody fingernails and torn coffin lining and just, uh, you know, everyone's literal worst nightmare, like something just so terrible. So, you know, this is, I, I think, you know, one of the the maybe few stories of that, that truly horrific uh, reality of possibly being buried alive. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it is also, you know, it adds kind of the spooky layer that she had this dream and there was, you know, this close relationship between them. It kind of adds a little bit of a, you know, psychic element to the tale. But yeah, so uh, this that's basically how they open the episode of Lore. There's a lot of other information in that episode. I really recommend going to watch it. Super good, it's great super stuff. interesting. It's great stuff. It really is. If you're looking for something uh, both uh, informational and spooky to watch, uh, watch the whole show. Um, put that on your list for sure on Amazon Prime. So there were several stories like this that did occur. And that coupled with, just general fear, just a lot of general fear led to a big concern surrounding premature burial. So, and it was so strong that they created a whole association. They, they decided to, to build a whole, a whole team to deal with this issue. (laughs) A task force, if you will. (laughs) Yeah. A task force. Um, (laughs) I just, I just got an, uh, like, I just, I just imagined almost like, um, like a superhero show, like a Marvel oh, yeah. type show, oh, yeah. but it's like the premature burial task force. <laughs> oh, uh, we'll dig you up in no time. <laughs> I love it. Um, all right. So it was called the London Association of Premature Burial. And it was co-founded in 1896 by William Tebb and Walter Hadwin. Um, So, yeah, this is a big enough issue that they needed a whole association. And what the association did was they campaigned for significant improvements in death certification and safety coffins. And death certification was really big because this is also a huge reason why there was kind of this. I, I, I. 
I'm not going to say it was common. Like people being buried alive in the 19th century wasn't super common. Like it wasn't like it was happening everywhere, but it was definitely more common than it should be because it's the most horrific thing you can possibly imagine. More than once is too many. Yeah, (laughs) I agree. I agree. Um, And I think, you know, for a lot of reasons, it was it was more common during this time frame. And it was because death certification just, you know, the medical knowledge, it just like wasn't there. We just like weren't that good at really knowing if people were dead, Um, you know, because there's a lot of things that can happen to someone, you know, they can slip into a coma for a number of reasons, Um, heart heartbeats or breathing can be almost imperceptible at at times. And, you know, this was at a time where we didn't have the tools to really um, always know for sure. And so early means in trying to identify the dead by the medical community, honestly, it was just, it was just a lot of like, like fucking with bodily nerves in really extreme ways, Um, which is is something that will like also still works today. Like if someone like, like, like there are, you know, there are just certain things you can do to a body that will snap someone out of, or like a catatonic state. Um, and some of the things that they would do is they would, uh, do like, um, pins under nail beds, live beetles in ears, a nipple pincher, a tongue puller, and a pencil up your nose. Just like really goofing with them, you know, like <laughs> I just like, can you imagine just being like a, a doctor in the 1800s and you've got this body and you're like pretty sure it's dead, but you're, you're not 100 percent. You're like, what if we goofed with it a little bit? <laughs> you know what would make it? I mean, yes, real sure. We just we got these beetles. We don't have anything to do with them, you know? <laughs> I know hey, personally. Hey Ted, hey Ted, you still got those beetles? <laughs> personally, if I had beetles, I'd wake up from anything. You know? hey, yeah, right. Just let's just throw some beetles in there. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, none of these things are pleasant in any way, obviously, but they can trigger certain nerves, you know, that could could wake one up from certain states. Um, and sometimes they did. And but that was really like the best we had for death certification. So really um, creating just stronger requirements before putting someone in a box in the ground, which, you know, that that it makes a lot of sense to me. I think that's probably <laughs> like because we'll get to the conversation, but I think putting a body in a sealed box in the ground is pretty extreme regardless. And to not to do it when you're not fully certain that someone's dead is just like an insane thing in my opinion that like that that's just a thing that we've done for so long is just like let's put them in this really tightly sealed box and just dig just deep into the ground <laughs> like, like it's weird it's a weird it's thing strange very strange um another thing is safety coffins oh, so no. We love them. Um, So safety coffins were coffins with warning devices. Um, So if someone were to wake up and they are stuck in a box in the ground, they could alert some people, which, you know, I I am all for that. That does sound 
better. Um, of course, these things, safety coffins were really only available to those with money yeah. as so many things, right? Um, the first recorded safety coffin was constructed on the orders of Duke Ferdinand of Brunswick before his death in 1792. He had a window installed to allow light in an air tube to provide a supply of fresh air. And instead of having the lid nailed down, he had a lock fitted in a special pocket of his shroud. He had two keys, one for the coffin lid and a second for the tomb door. So he was prepared. <laughs> ready to go. He was ready. He had options. He had options. Um, That's a guy which, that never forgot his car keys, you know? Yeah. <laughs> always yeah. thinking ahead yeah he was thinking ahead and you know i respect it i really do um also um before brian has has some good stuff on safety coffins here um but before we get into it there is some like folk etymology surrounding the phrase saved by the bell um according to at least i know on the on the episode of lore and also i've just heard it other places and i think i saw it on wikipedia um that that the term saved by the bell actually comes from the concept of safety coffins because one of the most common safety coffins was you would have a bell that was above ground and then there was like a string so if you wake up and you're in a box you could ring the bell and someone would come and save you i know however brian it did some snoping. Snopes, uh, <laughs> Snopes disagrees. Snopes like, but, disagrees. But so, who is Snopes? You know? Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. Regardless, I think it's I like that little tidbit that saved by the too. bell comes from safety coffins. Mm -hmm. It might not be true. But I um, choose to believe that it's from there. You know? Yeah, same, same. Unfortunately, there are actually no documented cases of ever of anyone ever actually being saved by the bell. That's worst <laughs> news, man. I know that's some, that's unfortunate. We're getting back to the bummer part of this, you know. Where... Um. So you know whether that tool ever, you know, I, I a lot of people had them. So I mean, we can just hope. That most of those people were just actually dead and that <laughs> um, and not, you know, ringing a bell that just no one ever answered because that's that's horrific. <laughs> I think that was a, that was a that was a scene in the nun uh, towards the end of the climax. Yeah, they were they were on the run from you guessed it, the nun and the <laughs> uh, they go through a graveyard uh, and there's a bunch of safety bells and through, you know, the, the nuns influence the bodies are all the bells in the graveyard start ringing and it's a it's a pretty cool set piece and i think like as any uh, you're, you're gonna write a spooky story safety coffins Mwah, oh yeah no that's beautiful that's it's a great great imagery just uh elicits a lot of a lot of spooky feelings um yeah. oh yeah <laughs> Um, yeah. but you have, you have some other good safety coffins. Well, stuff, I right? found, yeah, I found this, uh, it's in the Smithsonian magazine. It's, uh, it's this article, which I highly recommend looking up if you're listening in, because, um, the pictures are just really kind of fun to look at. The, the article is called people feared being buried alive so much. They invented these special safety coffins and it's a bunch of pictures of patents that were made 
uh, in hopes of, you know, not goofing and then being buried alive. (laughs) Um, Oh my God. Can you imagine? Hold on. Can you imagine waking up in a coffin underground and just being like, well, someone goofed. (laughs) Someone. This is a goddamn goof. Someone really goofed me. (laughs) But that's, but you know what? I fear not because I invested in one of these many safety coffins like this one. This is your standard run of the mill one. Yeah, you got your, uh, this first one, uh, it's called an improved burial case patent. It was a tomb equipped with a number of features, including an air inlet, a ladder, and a bell so the pa- so the person upon waking could save themselves but if they were too weak to ascend the ladder themselves they can ring the bell and hopefully someone will which i just get an image of like um just someone that couldn't care enough to get out of his own grave and be like come get me <laughs> you know? uh, i don't want um, to <laughs> but <laughs> Come get me. Uh, come get me. It's a fun game. There's another one, um, a device for indicating li- live life. I mean, it says live, but I think like device for indicating life in buried persons. Um, and it looks like it's a, it's a pipe. The device both means indicating movement as well as a way of getting fresh air into the coffin. So it's a double, double-sided sword. The disclosure of this patent states that it will be seen that if the buried person should come to life, a motion of his hands will turn the branches of the T-shaped pipe. So the T-shaped pipe is the, the, the bottom part that's in the coffin, where in that T-shape will be by the hands and they can move it around from side to side and in the air, by doing so, we'll get air down into the coffin and people up top will go, holy shit, it's all, it's, it's something, something's, something's going on over there. I just imagine. Excuse me. Something, excuse something's me. not right here. <laughs> just like, just one of those like New York Times cartoons or something of just like staring at like a bell ringing or like one of these safety things going, man, no one told me what this means, you know? <laughs> <laughs> No one told me what to do. <laughs> um, uh, there's another one for you know, uh, burial casket patents for just getting air down, you know, some ventilation. There you go. Um, because uh, suffocation obviously was would be the first thing that would get you. Um, but then there's also, the, the article also has in, inventions that offer some comfort to the living. That if you're down there, that's a pretty traumatic thing. So... Uh, waking up alive so let's make it cozy (laughs) let's make it cozy so there's like this one patent granted uh in 2010 so this is recent all right this isn't like but in 2010 this patent was granted for quote an apparatus and method for generating post-burial audio communications in burial casket and the patent the picture is like a little a nice family photo inside the coffin and you can like have voices or, or friendly music from family members um just like giving you like a hey we love you you know <laughs> like which i i don't think would have the intended effect if you woke up alive yeah i don't <laughs> i don't know that that'd be great personally but <laughs> uh and there's also oh, no nicer. uh i mean this is another patent in 2015 um, granted for quote your music for eternity systems mm. and you can just have your favorite songs play i guess for an eternity is but they, they announce and it's wow. like there's like yeah it's like in the gravestone 
they've got the whole, you know, music box or whatever that will play, <sighs> you know, Led Zeppelin forever. I don't know. What do you want to play? But <laughs> Stairway to Heaven. Zeppelin over over. forever, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Like that's that might be the 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 quickest way to get someone to come back to life is like yeah. and this song. I just <laughs> I can skip. There's <laughs> oh man. That's so anyway, so yeah, interesting. It's kind of fun. All these patents, all these different ways. Um, uh, and then the last thing I saw was um, a patent in 1994 to, to ward off uh, grave robbers. It's a ca- mm. casket jewelry guard apparatus that would uh, attach like an alarm connected to like wedding bands or, or other, any kind of jewelry. And if you would take the ring off, whatever, alarm would go off. Uh, so really nothing to do with the person buried alive, but we'll yeah. save that ring. What do you need it for, though? <laughs> like, like, what do you need? What do you what do you need your jewelry for when you're that was getting gone? Ring. And I you're right. I mean, whatever. But like, <laughs> I don't know. It's all, um, we can have a whole. That's going to be that yeah. whole episode where we talk about like the you know the, the death industry. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot. I have a lot of very strong feelings about just burial as a concept and how it's done and the contemporary world. So like. You know, sorry if I'm being a little judgy, but I just you're being a little judgy right now. (laughs) This is a beautiful invention. (laughs) It is what it is. Um, I'm I fully, fully plan on just returning to dirt. So like that's my that's my approach to these things. So I don't like I personally it doesn't resonate with me to try and like keep my belongings you know with me when like that's just not a concept I understand but you know to each their own Um, and I'll be in a big mausoleum you know like uh so I can just walk out let's really (laughs) just walk on out of there y'all are making this too hard like (laughs) just don't just don't go six feet below the ground no I just want, I want my own little death house, you know, my own little. You're going to need to make sure that you have like an escape latch though. Cause they really like typically close those things up. Nah, I'm pretty strong. (laughs) (laughs) Says Um, in his will, he was just built different. And (laughs) I guess we'll. (laughs) He's just built different. Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's too funny. Um, All right. Which I guess does kind of bring us up to contemporary times. I'm not going to go into too much detail about all of this. Um, You know, you can look it up on the Wikipedia. That's where I got uh, this information. But in, uh, in 2014 and in 2015, there were two cases of uh women being buried alive no in greece greece in greece yeah basically they both kind of have it looks like similar stories um uh, older women buried alive after being declared clinically dead by a private hospital yeah both of these it's interesting both these stories are very similar they were yeah 
declared dead by a private hospital. They were buried. And then there were like screams reported from the ground. Um, one of them, children playing near the cemetery, heard screams from inside the earth. And but by the time I guess they they got them out, the these women had died. Um, that's, the worst. that's that's awful. That's awful. I know it's just uh, really very terrible. And obviously it doesn't like I don't I, I don't know the details. I don't know exactly how it happened, if it was just you know malpractice or or what. But it does feel like, you know, uh, technology wise, we are uh, past this. Um, we should we should know if someone is dead or not, which which also just leads me to my whole thing. Like, don't just don't put me in a box. I don't care how sure you are that I'm dead. I do not want my body put in a box. I don't like it. It doesn't sound like a nice eternal rest. It doesn't. It's not what I want for my remains or my soul. I'm not a fan. So, so my, my approach is just, we're just going to bypass the box entirely. Um, you can, if you, if I'm declared dead, take my organs out, give them to people. And then we don't have to worry about this. That's kind of my, my stance. But doesn't this patent for your music for eternity systems <laughs> provide a small comfort? I guess not. I guess. <laughs> Oh, wow. You you are not alone. There is, as far as taphophobia and, uh, you know, a lot of historical figures that also shared it along with Edgar Allan Poe, we've got uh, like George Washington, who requested to have his body laid out for three days, just to be sure, you know, just yeah. you know and fair enough. Give me a few days. Like Like you're really rushing this. Back to what I was saying earlier, like, do we got to rush it? Like, (laughs) right. Like, take some time, take some time. And then we've also got uh, uh, Chopin, who requested that his heart be cut out to ensure his death. So like Mm. you're saying, like, you should be sure. And uh, similarly, Hans Christian Andersen and Alfred Noble both also asked to have their arteries cut open. So like, yeah, if you're going to put me in the ground, like, really just make sure. Yeah, let's just like really, you know, let's just really take care of it. Also, cremation, I think, is a pretty nice option. This Um, is a small tangent, small, small tangent. But I went on the the New York Public Library. I think I mentioned uh, on here. I can't remember where, but they had like a uh, an exhibit of like all the treasures that they had in their their possession and they put it out. And one of the treasures was a lock of Beethoven's hair that they had in like a little little jewelry sort of box little glass you could Mm -hmm. see it and i guess it was common from what i read on the the plaque that for you know public burials people would come and they would you know snip little they would take little bits of them so they could like i have i can take beethoven with me forever but there was it was it was a weird moment of looking through this glass and seeing beethoven's hair and i was like like the the organic matter of beethoven (laughs) it made me feel just a away Um, yeah no i i've definitely i think i've felt similarly when i've seen just like relics like you know bones like little bones from like saints and stuff you're like that is a that's an old bone that was like that was part of a bot that was a body like that was a a, body person that was a a, that was a body person that was like (laughs) 
um, yeah, no, I, I can definitely relate to that sensation and just some different things I've seen in museums, particularly like, I think relics are so fascinating. We could definitely do some relic related content on this show. Like relics are undeniably creepy. Um, <laughs> do whatever you want, you know? Yeah, it's true. Um, but also I'm very into it. Like I, I would do that. I think like at my funeral, I'd be like, take what you want. Like, have, have, have fun with it. No, like, <laughs> do nuts. Yeah, take fun. Like turn it into like just a performance, like a performance art piece. Like just like, <laughs> just go to town. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I I would I would I would consider that. I like it. I'm into it. Um, you know, keep a little piece, keep a little piece of me. You know, why not? Pieces, just little pieces. Um, um should we talk about? movies there is yeah there is one particular movie that there's one that really just like hits it on the head it's called buried it's starring (laughs) ryan reynolds you know like it's rough too it's a rough rough movie yeah have you seen this movie a long time ago like when it first came out yeah yeah i don't want to like spoil it and so i won't um but it's a bummer of a fucking movie (laughs) like yeah, yeah it's it terrible. You know, <laughs> it's, it's a it's a movie that it's all it's Ryan Reynolds. I think he was like a truck driver or something, and he was attacked and buried in like a wooden coffin in like the desert. And he, in the movie, it's just like he's got like a lighter, a phone, like a knife or something, and it's like the the, the coffin slowly like caving in throughout this movie, and he's talking to somebody on this cell phone trying to get them to coordinate where he is. And yeah, it's the crazy claustrophobic movie. Um, I so yeah, I think I, we're talking about this 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 subject matter of taphophobia. It's interesting that that it's defined as not just a fear of being buried alive. It's the it's it's adjacent to extreme claustrophobia that like transcends, you know, which might be like the worst fear of all, man. Which then, like talking about other movies, I think we would be remiss not to mention The Descent, which is about um, if you haven't seen it wonderful movie crazy stressful but it's about these spelunkers that go down and uh uh the first like half of the movie most of the fear and the tension is just like fitting into really tight spaces as like corridors and caverns are like kind of collapsing around them makes me want to throw up like it's I mean, we will make you, you won't you won't catch uh brian spelunkin any anytime soon <laughs> I just think that that, you know, any movie getting into any small space and then being mm-hmm. trapped is like the ultimate fear, which then that's why this episode is like, no, it's true. <laughs> Actually, there I had this moment um, at the uh, the restaurant that I worked at, you know, for the summer season, um, I was. I was bartending, but I kind of did a lot of jobs because that's what it is to me in the service industry right now. Um, just side note, if you're out and about uh, going to restaurants and bars and stuff right now, uh, please be very kind and very chill because everyone is tired and overworked and doing like five jobs at once. Just hey, and tip, tip too. Tip, tip yeah. Well. I mean, for sure. Definitely tip and just be chill and realize like, because I was doing like five different jobs most days. Um, but I was running around. I think I was like running food or something. And there was this really cute girl. She was like eight or nine, very just like precocious, very like talked a lot, like very smart. 
very, very smart little girl. And she was there with her family. And I just like went up to the table because I think I was like delivering food or whatever. And she's talking about because I was up on a mountain like this. uh, This resort was up on a mountain. And she was kind of talking about how like she wasn't afraid of being up high. And she was like, and she's like, I don't think I'm afraid of heights because like I because this is really high and this is fine. And she was just kind of like talking about like not being afraid of heights and then and her mom was just like listening to her and stuff and then she was like she's like there's only one thing i'm afraid of and that is being locked in a small space you want to know why because i don't know if i'd be able to get out and i just looked at her and i was like yes (laughs) (laughs) i was like i was like i i just identified so much with that little girl in that moment because i'm not afraid of a lot of things not afraid of heights i'm not afraid of spiders i'm not like afraid of a lot of those big things that people are like worried about. But yes, I, I, the idea of being buried alive, the idea of being in a small space or a box and not getting out. Um, I do have just working in the food service industry for so long. I have a bit of a fear of getting locked in a freezer, which is very, yeah, yeah, which is very similar. And the fact that this like eight year old could just very eloquently describe this fear that like, so many people have very deeply it's like that is what it is though there is you know it's not just the tight space it's not it's the idea of not getting out like that's where the actual fear comes from right and Mm -hmm. obviously being buried alive like you're not getting out like it's just so concrete like that you aren't gonna get out and like that's why it's so fucking horrific and terrible (laughs) you know Right. Kids, man. Kids get just get to the heart of it. Too. Oh, they just get it. I fucking love kids, man. I really do. They just like they just get it a lot of the time. And I'm like, once we get older, we make everything so complicated. And it's just like they they got it like <laughs> they they understand it. <laughs> You're talking about uh, being up in the mountains and we're talking about being, you know, buried alive. It had me thinking about this just recently I had this conversation about uh, Mount Everest. Um, and all the people that have died Ooh, up on Mount Everest and yeah. then, you know, buried up on the snow and due to climate change and whatnot, that the snow is melting up there. And so all of the, um, the bodies are now becoming, uh, they're coming through the snow and the ice and it's mm. just like a rainbows of all the different winter coats and everything. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> Brutal, gross. Like, yeah. Awful that's sight. horrific. Um, but like it was talking about, I mean, it's just like an interesting, like kind of irony of being buried on top of the world. You know what I mean? Like, yes, totally. No, I agree. There's something very just poetic about that. And in a lot right. of ways, like in somehow in trying to reach the highest point, you end up buried. Like, yeah, that's very interesting. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, being buried alive. Woof. Um, yeah. Um, you know, complicated subject obviously hope any person being whoever experienced this awful uh reality you know is now uh resting easy and eternally and uh, uh and i just hope it never happens ever again i hope no one that's is ever thing. buried that's, alive I mean, ever again that's it. Right. <laughs> damn it damn it <laughs> Damn it, Janet. Mm-hmm. Truly, truly. Rocking but yeah. but this has been this has been a very interesting conversation. I'm so glad we finally got around to this one, despite your uh 
<laughs> your apprehension. Listen, I just don't. I you know, these claustrophobic things that makes me upset. You know, like, just like that kid. Like, yeah. Yeah, I I think I've talked about this before, but we like it's so interesting because some of the topics that you are stoked about and like jazzed on make me very uncomfortable. And then some of the topics I am very stoked and jazzed on make you very uncomfortable. And I love that we like kind of we're kind of interestingly in the world of spooky and horror. We're kind of opposites, which is, I think, cool. Which is rat. I mean, but this like that's what's beautiful about horror just in general is it's transgressive. Like it's supposed to like make you uncomfortable if it's doing its job right. You know, that's yeah, yeah, totally. best when you're like, oh, you know, that really shook me. Um, and so it's not meant to be like uh, it can be very fun and it is very fun um, and it should challenge you. And so, yeah, talking about being buried alive, I was challenged. But, um <laughs> Listen, I don't want it to happen. God, that that stresses me out. Yeah, there was. I did a haunted house. This was a couple of years ago before pandemic. Um, and at the end of the haunted house, they put you like in a standing coffin, and they were like, "If anyone has fear of claustrophobia, leave now because we're going to put you in this coffin for twenty minutes." And we were like, Ugh. "And I was like, this is a challenge to myself. I'm going to do it." And they put you in the coffin, and then like. 10 seconds later, they let you out. And it was more of the fear of that. Yeah. Like you're going to be in here for 20, you know, I don't um, know. Th- I don't know that I would do it. I don't think I would. I think it'd be like, fuck that. <laughs> like, I got in but, that coffin. I trusted that stranger, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that was paid probably not much. to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, do. This is a completely different topic. Um, and I know we've talked about doing like a haunts episode, which we 100% will. But I am just theoretically speaking, um, very interested uh, uh, with the phenomenon that's like happening. I've experienced it personally, and I think it's becoming more and more common since we have had horror movies that are about haunts. Now there is this new level of fear of haunts that didn't exist before because there is this like the last like like. Every time I go to one now in like recent years and like the last four years of my life, I there is some deep fear that there is like like these are actually twisted people who are going to murder me. Like it is like a real it's a real thing. And that layer adds like such an interesting thing to the haunt experience, I think. I can't wait to talk about haunts. That's going to be a fun episode. But we Mm -hmm. got other fun episodes coming at you coming real soon. We got some really fun uh, um, I'm not going to tease it. I'm not going to tease any of it. Yeah. You got- <laughs> Whatever. Just leave it up to the imagination. <laughs> what you think we will talk about. Maybe that's it. You know? <laughs> maybe, maybe you're, you're right. right. <laughs> um, uh, but I think this episode was uh, really cool. Really interesting. Yeah, I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, if you did, or if you have other thoughts about the topic, hit us up at happy harvest horror show at gmail.com and or let us just, know. Yeah. Just have any other topic ideas you'd like us to chat about, you know, we'd love to hear it. And also I uh, follow our Instagram, but we, we post a lot of our, you know, updates and stories and all that. And we are an Instagram podcast. So I just wanted to put that on. I don't think we've ever said it, but just like, uh, you know, Hit smash that follow button, you know, <laughs> smash it. We're also on smash YouTube, uh, kind of took a break from putting episodes on YouTube for the past couple months, but this one will be on YouTube. So 
Um, you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's a great thing. And, and we're just glad you're here. Hopefully we'll see you at book club and, and be yeah. part of our little spooky family. And we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you soon with our next episode. Hey, don't get buried alive. Bye.